Hi everybody, it's Kirby, your favorite and only Starshot Game Master at the time of this recording. This is a quick blurb that I'm putting out there and attaching to the front of the next couple episodes to say that we have switched systems. We will be moving from the Genesis system to Cortex Plus and probably Cortex Prime when that releases. As we record these episodes fairly infrequently, and as players don't get to be at every recording due to our format, we found that we were constantly jumping through the basics of Genesis just to get to the meat of the game. It is not an overly complex system, and I personally still enjoy it, but as we weren't making the best use of the system, we wanted to find a system that still hits the narrative strides that Genesis shoots for, but was easy to pick up and refresh players on between the long breaks and recordings. Speaking of long breaks and recordings, on our end, uh, we are still looking at recording frequently, but on your end, we hope to hit a more reliable stride. That is to say, we're going to record more stuff in the few times that we get to meet up and chop it up in multiple episodes that at uh, more organically good stopping points. With this change, we'll lose some of our agility with multiple character storylines intertwining and unraveling but i think it's worth it to tell a more cohesive story and then get that story to you sooner than later that's really all the news that i have for you depending on which episode you listen to this intro on we will have a separate episode where we discuss the basics of cortex either coming out or it may already be out on your feed Though I think we do a pretty good job of talking through some of the mechanics as our players learn the ropes, you're probably going to hear that a couple of times since I do record separately with different individuals, again, due to our format of the show. Uh, but that's all the news I have. Uh, thanks for listening. Now, on to the show. like minutes uh, or maybe hours your vision momentarily comes and goes I think we have a point of view where it's from your eyes and we see a flash here where uh, you're looking up at some bright mall lights uh, another moment you are unsteadily walking outside fresh air up a uh, truck's ramp and now a third moment, which is you finally come to with a pounding headache in the back of a truck, uh, seated on the truck bed, and the door has closed. Um, this seems to be the container box to a large semi. Packed practically to the brim are a couple dozen mall employees, and you're among them. Uh, it is very quiet in here. No one seems to be saying anything, and everyone seems to just be looking around, waiting. Judging from the lack of vibration, lack of rocking, the truck hasn't started moving yet. So, do these do these look like like are the, are the mall employees just average run the mill Janice denizens, or do these look like clones? I forget. All the mall in, uh, employees, with very few exceptions, are clones. So I, I look to the left of me. Is is there someone sitting next to me, kind of to my left? Yeah, there's a handsome John sitting next to you. He he used to run the Dairy Queen. Does he know me? No, not particularly. I kind of in a, in a whisper, I go. How long have I been out? He has a very like chipper attitude despite what's going on. And so he's kind of curled up beside you, uh, arms wrapped around his knees as he's kind of humming to himself and looking around uh, the container that you find yourself in. And he says, oh, oh, uh, you're you're finally awake. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you were out for a good while there. Uh, I'd say about 20, maybe 30 minutes. John, your, your name is John, right? What's that? You hear another John up the uh, container <laughs> call out. He says, yeah, handsome John. What can I do for you? Are we being kidnapped, John? Oh, I think kidnap's a big word. We're just being transported. And he just kind of gives like a half shrug. You notice that some of the other clone employees uh, don't seem to share the chipper attitude as Sean, but no one is saying anything to the contrary. But we're all here against our 
will, right? No, no one's here voluntarily in this container that we're in right now. Show, show hands. Who, who's who's here on the who's here voluntarily? Anyone? Any hands? It's super quiet for twenty seconds, and right as you're about to like give up on this crowd, uh, there's like one like half raised hand somewhere on the far end of the thing. Is this another John? A different John? No, uh, John went and raised his okay. hand. Uh, this is, yeah, this is a James model. They're usually your, uh, fry cooks or usually back of the house staff. So James, you seem like you know something about why we're here. Do you care to enlighten me a little bit? I don't know if we should really be talking. Um, they were pretty adamant that we should shut the fuck up, to be honest. And one of the, uh, nearby clones kind of gasps. There's another James and he's very put off by this uncouth version of himself. Okay, so we're, we're worried about etiquette and behavior in this container where most of us, except for you, apparently, are being held against our will and maybe taken somewhere. I wouldn't like to not be in this container. How did, how did you guys get in this container? The, the police rounded us up. I showed us some warrants, I think, and uh, told us to uh, load in. I have to say, buddy, you're uh, you're pretty like Carrie. Way to keep in shape. Oh, thanks, I guess. Uh, but back to the original point. How do we get out of this container? I mean, you guys, if you guys feel like you want to stay in this container, that's between you and your god. But I, I would like to not be in this container any longer. Is there anybody here who wants to get out of this container? This seems a little odd, right? This isn't, I mean, like, you guys aren't rounded up and put in a small box every day, right? Well, my apartment's kind of small. And you hear, like, a small voice, like, on the other direction, closer to the front of the, uh, trailer of the semi truck it's, it's kind of it's pretty much like a box i mean to be honest it's kind of roomy and then the rest of the clones just kind of like quietly murmur in agreement uh, they're all looking at one another nodding their heads like yeah it's pretty small yeah this is pretty roomy man this is a this is a sad existence uh so do you guys have anything in your in your pockets or you know on your person or anything they let you take with you in here just anything at all really not, not i mean feel free to shout out anything you got on you I still have my identification badge, and uh, you see several hands go up with identification badges, and no one seems to chime in with having anything new or anything useful, really. So everyone in this in this container, these clones, they're they're kind of, I mean, this, this my knowledge of like Janus uh, society, these are all kind of well-known, prototypical people, right? There's no way for me to pass myself off as a clone at this point. That's correct. Okay. Well, this conversation is going pretty much nowhere. So, what do you guys remember before you were taken to the mall? Anything? Just any, any stray, stray observations? Doesn't even matter if it seems irrelevant. Anything you guys remember? Uh, one random voice, a Ava model, uh, says, I just remember there was a lot of shouting. And another voice chimes in, a, a different James, says, Yeah, there, there was a lot of shouting, a lot of pushing. They seem really urgent to, like want to keep us out away from the vigil but you know we want to be out there too and then a third voice just echoes his agreement no one like offers up any significant memories they all just remember just being herded out of shops half of them couldn't even close store and were herded to the food court where they waited a really long time and just like five minutes ago uh, all got packed in here all right, so one last question, just throwing this out there. Did the police who rounded you up look like, I mean, you guys are working a mall. I assume that there's police every now and then who kind of walk the beat in there, you know, keeping everything safe and orderly. Did the people who rounded you up and knocked me unconscious look different to you? They look like people you hadn't seen before, maybe had never seen them in town before? There's some small chatter here, uh, but... Everyone's shaking their heads as, uh, well, what do you mean? Same uniform as always, right? Right, but I, I understand that, you know, the concept of there being outsiders may seem strange to you, but do they seem like outsiders? Do they seem just different to you? I think uh, it's the handsome John next to you who uh, says, Listen, buddy, you, you should probably take it easy. He places a hand on your shoulder. You really took a uh, sharp blow to the head there. 
I was there when when the guard walked you over. You said you slipped in the bathroom or something? Yeah, I, I, I slipped in the bathroom. It was pretty embarrassing, to be honest. I just right into the toilet. Got real wet. Pretty gross. Anyways, I'm going to ask you to just do something that it seems strange, but just bear with me. I mean, I'm just here to kind of make friends and learn more about you guys. You see the door of the container over there, or where the door would be, where, where, where people kind of come in and out of this container? Yeah, this is a nice door. It's a bigger door than my place. And then everyone starts going again about how this trailer is bigger than their place. All right, John. So if you can just, I'm going to I'm gonna sit you with your back to that door. Cause I, I want to have a nice conversation with you. So I'm, I'm going to sit facing you. And I want you to have your back against the door, if you wouldn't mind. Is that, is that okay with you? I know it seems weird. But you know what? It's a weird situation for me. I'm not used to being in a container. Just let me give me this one thing, if you wouldn't mind. Just to get the dice rolling, I think we're going to go ahead and do our first roll of the uh, game. Uh, so before you roll, I will always roll to set the stakes. Uh, whether you're rolling against another person or you're just rolling against the situation itself, I, I don't get to just pick a difficulty number at the roll for it, and then you have to try to beat that, and that's called raising the stakes. Got it. Um, so I'm just this is going to be a super easy roll. In fact, I'm going to be rolling 2d4, and then you're going to roll your social plus influence. Got it. So I'll roll a d8 plus d10. Right. I have set the stakes, and the stakes have been set to 6. Wow, I just beat that. With a seven. Okay, yeah. Uh, you have successfully raised the stakes. So John takes a look at you and doesn't hesitate. It's like, oh, okay. And uh, he clambers up to his feet, kind of this awkward half squat and tiptoeing around other folks. Says, oh, excuse me, pardon. Hey, good haircut, handsome John. You too, bro. And uh, basically sits where you want him to. Okay. Uh, I'm going to kind of go towards him, but I'm going to... on. While, while he sits down against the doors, I'm going to kind of lean over him and just put my ear to the door and see what I hear real quick. We are actually going to cut to the exterior of the uh, semi-trailer. We have like an overhead view of this momentarily before we cut to a side door of the mall and out walks Dorothy Sanger. Uh, Dorothy, would you kindly uh, describe your character? I suppose I should have had poke do this early in the session but dorothy would you kindly describe your character in her new outfit uh for me please as you uh stride out i believe you have a plan of attack here very well i'm uh currently wearing the purloined outfit of a law enforcement officer i'm an older woman although that's a little bit difficult to tell given the headgear i believe that the officer is wearing but i'm uh look to be in maybe my 60s or 70s uh that is to say as we would expect it to be, uh, you know, here currently on Earth, uh, not the 60s and 70s that most people have in their expanded lifespan. Dorothy's led a hard life, you understand. Uh, and I'm currently wearing this, uh, I understand this outfit looks not unlike sort of the Judge Dredd outfit. Yeah, not unlike that. Right, so sort of over-the-top, you know, police outfit that, uh, you know, my young man back in the hallway so generously gave to me and uh, i'm just kind of peeking out and taking a, a look as to you know the best way to uh, get my ass on one of those trucks yeah so we have kind of like this pitch shot of you stepping out with your new gear as you step into frame and you're sizing your options getting an overview shot of over the shoulder shot of your shoulder uh, we see that uh, semi-truck, a lot of the police cruisers have already cleared out um, two of the trucks that you saw, because if you recall, you saw three of these uh, of these semi-trucks being loaded up. Uh, two of those have already taken off. The one uh, semi-truck that's still here, the door has just closed to the back of the trailer, and a couple of uniformed officers are uh, briefly chatting by the door uh, before making their way to the main cabin. You're all of probably 20 feet away. All right. Well, before I do anything, I turn around to my assembled group and I say, so how I'm thinking we play this is uh, I go up first, talk to them. I'll see if, they can, if I can convince them all to let us on. And you sort of follow up behind me. Now, you're my prisoners here, you understand? I'm, you know, uh, for all you know, I just came up. I found you guys doing God knows what, uh, I don't know, vandalism, maybe some petty larceny, something like that. And uh, I'm just trying to transfer you onto this prison transport like that we've got over here. And uh, 
you know, once inside, we'll commandeer the vehicle, get the hell out of Dodge. How does that sound? Lily and Maris seems really enthused about this. Uh, they're both nodding, also nervously and understandably nervously glancing over to the uniformed cops that haven't noticed you all step out from the uh, mall yet. The older man and his granddaughter, I think the granddaughter says, shaking her head while shaking her head i'm i'm sorry i we we can't do this and she she begins walking back into uh the mall with her grandfather um leaving you with just lily and maris you know you're not gonna get too far just the two of you i'm telling you this is probably your only chance of getting him some serious medical attention as if to like accentuate your point uh, the old man begins to cough profusely just as he crosses the threshold back into the mall. And the girl shoots one last glance at the three of you, just kind of mouths very quietly, sorry. And she walks into the mall with her uh, grandfather. Uh, Maris crosses his arms, says, hey, well, it's too much of a crowd anyways. Well, ordinarily, you know, I'd perhaps be a little more paternalistic, but... You know, he's old, I'm old, and I understand. We're set in our ways. <laughs> so, not much more we can do about that. Just uh, keep him in our heads for a while. All right, but the rest of you are game? Any ride out of this joint would be great. I, I don't want to be here anymore. And that's uh, Liliana who says that uh, very confidently and assuredly. And Maris says, I, I don't have anything better to do. I go where she goes. Uh, the two exchange some sort of look, and that's when you hear a voice coming from the direction of the truck. When you turn to look, um, it is one of the officers who's on the driver's side. The other officer has disappeared, presumably on the other side of this uh, semi-truck. And she calls out to you, Hey, we gotta clear out. And she's like tapping her radio. Didn't you get the call? Uh, yes, sorry, 10-4 about that. A uh, bit of a problem here. These two were necking in the bathroom back there. I was just trying to break them up. They gave me some trouble. Anyway, uh, I figured this is the last place I can dump them off here. It's on this truck, right? We just loaded up the truck. I can't open that without additional security. And she's like trying to meet you halfway as she stomps over to you. You can hear the engine of the truck come to life as presumably the other officer has uh, assumed the driver's seat. What do you do? Well, from the looks of it, you've got security here. I mean, how many how many of us does it take to open a door? I see one, two. Your partner over there is three. And we've got, you know, two kids here. I mean, I, I don't really see the problem. What, would you rather I just uh, leave them right here? And, you know, what, what do you think Command's going to think about that? Uh, Dorothy, she's now close enough to, like, have a better look of you. I think she knows how ill-fitting your cop's uniform is. I think we discussed it. It's not too ill-fitting, but it's clearly not perfect. And she is kind of squinting pretty hard at you, trying to uh, get a good look at your face despite the helmet that you're wearing. Why don't we go ahead and have you do your first roll of the game, which is going to be your social plus trick. And you have a specialty in authority, so we're gonna roll that. But before you do, allow me to set the stakes by rolling first. Okay, so interesting thing. There's two things here. Um, the stakes have been set really low despite the dice. I rolled a d6 and a d8. The stakes have been set to three because I rolled a one. When you roll a one, whether it's me or you, ones don't get to be counted toward your total. And in fact, uh, they are called jinxes. Um, from your side of the screen, it's called an opportunity, which isn't really going to be relevant to you right now until you start like getting complications. Um, and on my part, on my side of the screen is called a jinx and when you get a jinx i can potentially make your life a little rougher it's kind of like a dorothy it's kind of like your star trek game where if you roll a 20 you get you're potentially giving complications out it's the same situation here uh in any case um yeah the stakes have been set to three so dorothy once you go ahead and roll your social plus trick plus authority so you're you're in for a treat because i did roll an eight but then I also rolled two ones. Okay. You rolled the your social too, right? The D10? Yeah, that's what I got the eight on. So you rolled two ones. Um, so basically what happens here is if I want to, I can pay you a plot point and give you a complication. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to buy both of the jinxes, but I am going to buy one of them. 
I'm going to give you a d6 uh, suspicion die. And basically every time that I think uh, your complication, uh, which is suspicion, is relevant to a roll, I get to roll that against you when I set the stakes. Every now and then, if it really makes sense, you can potentially use a complication of your own to roll on your dice pool. Like if you have a complication that's like, oh, you're really pissed off, that might actually help you in some situations. So you can occasionally get to roll your own complication to help you out. But for the most part, uh, they are working. They are things that work against you. So with that said, you said you got an eight total. Uh, so that actually introduces another mechanic. Anytime you roll five or higher against the stakes I've set, because I've only had a three, you get a big damn hero die. This situation, it will be a D8, and you'll just want to note that somewhere that you have a big damn hero die. Uh, you can add a big damn hero die to any dice pool that you want at a cost of a plot point. Uh, both of you are starting out with one plot point apiece, and Dorothy, you actually just got a second plot point because I gave you that complication. You managed to beat the stakes, and on uh, even though you get some suspicion, I think she pauses for a moment and you can tell she's kind of looking around the neck area and if you recall that's kind of where the other officer had some uh that like little cloud neck tattoo when maris kind of chimes in and says hey look i don't have all day lady you gonna arrest me or what and that's when the uh, uh police officer says all right yeah let's load these fuckers back in, in the back of the truck and let's get going we got got a fucking schedule and we're already Five minutes behind. And so she begins uh, striding over. We cut to the interior where Polk is tentatively holding his ear by the uh, back door there. Polk, you can hear some muffled talking outside, but you can't quite make out the words. Um, it does sound like it's several people talking and not just some deranged lunatic talking to himself. Okay. What do you do? I sit down in front of John and I, I say to John, John, I just want to say in advance... I'm sorry. Oh, you don't have anything to apologize for, buddy. Empty your mind for a second and just picture me telling you I'm sorry. You can tell he has like a very sincerely like sympathetic face as he's imagining you apologizing to him. He's like, aww. And that's when the door to the trailer opens. Pope, before we get to any action here, Dorothy, before we get into any action here, uh, Dorothy, you, uh, this officer opens the uh, back door to this trailer for the semi-truck, and you just see what looks to be a couple dozen uh, heads. A lot of them are very similar to one another, uh, but there is one face that kind of sticks out in the crowd that's right here at the uh, forefront, and that is Poke. Poke, would you describe your character for Dorothy's sake and just as a refresher in general for all of us? Uh, so I'm going to go with what I kind of remember. So I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. I'm kind of a generally... I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not like a fit guy. I'm not a dumpy guy. I'm kind of an in-between guy. I'm mid-range height. Not not a little taller than mid than average, but not too, not too tall. Uh, I'm still wearing, I think, my general kind of restaurant attire i'm not really like i'm not really attired like a chef but you know more like a like a guy who owns a restaurant's got to have you know some kind of gear on that makes it look like he's he, you know gets his hands dirty a little bit uh so that's kind of my you know maybe some maybe some coveralls that have got a little grease stains on them but nothing too obscene uh you know and beyond that i don't remember but i think i'm gonna go with that for now okay no that's fine so were you about to like launch into something here poke yes or yes okay poke as a plan what would you like to do so what, what do I, in, in the split second when the doors open, who is the nearest police attired person to me? At a glance, it's a woman pushing six feet tall. I mean, that's pretty uh, tall for a woman. So, small side fact, I had imagined Janice having a slightly heavier, like, gravity. Mm -hmm. So, I imagine, like, even just a generation later, I imagine people would be already a little bit shorter on average than people from Earth. Sure. You see this woman who's like 5'11", and she has raised the uh, raised the door to this trailer. So I go, John, you son of a bitch, you take that back! And I launch myself at John, kind of bear-hugging him as he's sitting down, and I try to carry him and myself into the cop. Okay, uh, once you go ahead and roll your physical plus, uh, let's go with trick. Okay. Ugh, another, uh, that's a six. 
including a one. So I have set the stakes to seven. Uh, what were what did you roll? Oh, I rolled a six, including a one. So multiple failures. Okay, so uh, so that was actually a five, right? Because we don't count ones. Right, right. Um, a five with, okay. with a complication or whatever. Okay, yeah. So I am, in fact, going to give you a complication. I'm going to give you a D6 dizzied. Uh, so you tussle with John, who immediately, like, despite his friendly demeanor, and despite the fact that you've two have been chatting this entire time, he you don't know what you don't know what it is, but he immediately goes into like some sort of like combative mode. He's not good, mine, but he starts immediately fighting you. He's like, "Hey, man, what what the hell, man? Get get off me!" And uh, the two of you tussle onto uh, the ground, the world spinning, um, and you can feel that headache like pounding against the back of your head even harder um, as you roll into this uh, officer before you. Dorothy, the two of you are now pretty much in arm's reach of one another. John has Poke in a sort of like half like neck hold on the ground. They're both like laid out and you see the other officer taking out her baton and she is very clearly going to strike the uh, two of them. Uh, what do you do? Well, I'm still holding my rifle, aren't I? You gonna fire? Not quite, no. I mean, that would sort of be bad form hitting in the back and all. I think I'm going to try and smack her in the back of the head with the butt of the rifle. All right. Uh, so you're going to go ahead and roll your physical plus fights, but allow me to set the stakes. Okay. I have set the stakes to six. And keep in mind, you do have that big damn hero die if you'd like to spend a plot point to use it. Um, you're also going to be rolling your D6 from the fact that your old hunting rifle is your signature asset. Uh, so you got that going for you as well. Yeah, I think I am going to use that rifle because this is going to go south really quickly if uh, it doesn't work out for me. So. Okay. And keep in mind, um, one of the things that you can also be doing for your plot points besides spending it to use your big damn hero dice is to, every, every time you roll, you're typically only keeping the top two dice that you rolled, right? And adding those numbers. Even though you're rolling all these new dice, you're still only counting two dice, uh, two of the best dice, right? If you spend a plot point after your roll you can add uh, more dice to add to your total. So you could potentially spend another plot point to have like a third dice added onto your total. And that's a decision you can make after you've already rolled. The big damn hero dice is something you have to decide before you roll. Okay, well, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. So that gets me down one plot point, gets me down one big damn hero die. Take a look. Okay, so there's one one within all of that. There's a, a seven, a three, a three, and a one. So uh, your two highest dice is the 7 and the 3, which is a 10. I am going to give you another plot point because I am going to buy your jinx. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm not going to introduce a new complication. I'm going to bump up your current complication of suspicion D6 to a suspicion D8. The reason for this is because uh, our officer who is in the driver's seat, who's wondering what the hell is taking so long, is now going to be stepping out and approaching the back of the vehicle and you can hear his voice hey what's going on back here we gotta get moving and uh but to describe your success yeah i think you immediately like strafe around poke and handsome john scuffle and bring rapidly bring the butt of your rifle against the back of her head right before she manages to like land a strike on john who has managed to roll himself and poke over to where he's like John's on top. Uh, so uh, the woman gets taken out because uh, this was a high stakes role for her. And so she is conked out. You find yourself uh, about to be approached by another officer who's not quite in view of the scuffle yet. So he's not running, but he is very close, probably like several paces away and around the corner of this semi truck. Uh, Poke John is like really like tearing at you for a seemingly nice guy. He is aggressive. What are you doing? In between, you know, being pummeled by John, the sight of this officer hitting and knocking out another officer is just confused the hell out of me. And it almost like I it even even in the midst, middle of all this pain, I still kind of look at like I'm just like what is going on? Is that, and then, but of course, I'm, I'm looking at John like John, John. I'm remember. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah why don't we go ahead and have you uh if it wasn't for the officer that was like coming 
coming from the driver's side uh, back here, I probably wouldn't have you roll, but you gotta de-escalate de this quick. Um, so let's have you roll your social and your influence, and you actually have a perfect specialty for this, which is the fuse tension mm -hmm. uh, that I think you can use. Yep. And I think that's about it. I'm gonna go ahead and set the stakes for you. And I think that's really all you can roll in this particular situation. I've set the stakes. Uh, the stakes have been set to five. Okay, and it's only over the, the two highest dice, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're rolling all of them, but you're only yeah, yeah, keeping yeah. the two Correct. highest dice. Well, this time, it's a nice 17. I think I, I think I crushed it. Nope, not a single one. Okay. Uh, you're also going to get a big damn hero dice because you did crush it. However, this big damn hero dice is just going to be a d4. It's not very yeah. heroic to beat up on Handsome John. Hey, wait a minute. I'm being, I'm being beat up on it, but you know, it's the other way around here. But I, I understand. I got you. He had basically, he basically has you in like this uh, n uh, neck hold, and immediately uh, as you apologize, you don't quite see it because like you're, you're turned over. But he begins looking around as if he has calmed down for a meter rage. He's like, oh, oh. and he, he feels like he's deflating on top of you for a moment as he relaxes. And then he, he scrambles up. He's like, I am so sorry, buddy. And he's trying to, like, help pick you up from the uh, ground. Uh, instant later, a, a man who is very, like, tatted up. Like, the only thing that's not tatted up is his face. But you can definitely see tattoos creeping up past his collars and on his hands, etc. And he has now rounded the corner. He's wearing these big aviator glasses. He's standing at about 6'2". And he says, what the hell's going on here? And he is reaching for his baton. What do either of you do? I turn and run. I just turn and run. I'm running. I'm running away from the crook. Oh, I should note uh, that as you turn to begin running, Poke, you do see the familiar face of Lily. Uh, so when I mentioned Liliana earlier, that is your Liliana. That is Bao's uh, granddaughter. Where, where do I see her? She She's all of like three paces away from you. I think with the way you were standing, she was just like out of your purview. And Maris has been like, damn, isn't that the guy from Amy Fonz? And Liliana has been flabbergasted. She obviously did not expect to see you rolling out of that uh, trailer. So this obviously stops me dead in my tracks. And I just, I, I take us, I, I can't even comprehend what's going on at this point. But I kind of, I just say her name. I'm like, Lily? I think her reply, her immediate reply is poke. Uh, Dorothy, what are you doing about this situation? You have a knocked out uh, security officer and you have another officer who's even bigger, uh, who has come around and he's wondering what the hell's going on. I have to admit, I'm a little bit of a loss here. You're telling me that as a player, or <laughs> just, just say this out loud? Like I don't, I don't, I don't quite know what's going on yeah. here. <laughs> are you saying that as Dorothy, or are you telling me that as a player? Yes. Also, like, oh my god, oh my god, you just got. I was just, I was just, I've got these. I brought these people in. The, I was just gonna drop some people off. I'm just finishing up my shift. He, he got her. He got her. He got her. He, he got her just right, right when she didn't even have a chance. This is a trick. <laughs> What's your ultimate play here? Are you going to try to get a jump on him as he turns on, like, poke and stuff? Or are you just waiting for him to just drop his guard in general? Or you're trying to talk your way out of the situation? I guess drop his guard. Maybe we can all bum rush him. I mean, he can't take all of us, I don't think. I mean, that guy who is running that guy appears to be running for the hills but i figured there's you know three of us plus that one clone i don't know maybe we can all just sort of so uh yeah we're gonna go ahead and i know you like you're physically attacking but what's more important here is that you trick him and so we're gonna do your social plus trick and we can probably do your authority here and i assume you're attacking again with your hunting rifle so you got all those dice going for you uh, I'm going to go ahead and set the stakes, and I'm definitely going to be using your suspicion complication against you. Ooh, okay. So I have set the stakes at six, first and foremost. But also, I rolled a one, which is a opportunity for you guys. Now, it wasn't relevant the first time that I did it, but now that you have a complication, it is relevant. Uh, so what you can do with, uh, with opportunities is that you can buy them from me by spending a plot point. When you spend a plot point to buy an opportunity, you get to step back a uh, complication that you have going on. So in this case, the only complication I play is suspicion. 
uh, it's already too late to step it back for this roll. I've already rolled. Uh, but if you buy that opportunity, you step the Suspicion D8 down to a Suspicion D6. Right, but if I knock this guy out, then who's going to be left to suspect me? That's true. So that's another fact, too, is like complications stay around for as long as they're relevant, right? So if you knock this guy out, that could be the end of your suspicion. Or maybe uh, maybe there's a call on your radio asking you why the truck hasn't left yet. Yes, we're fine. Everything's fine here. How are you? Uh, okay, you... No, that's that's a fair point. So maybe I will do that. Yeah, I think I will knock the suspicion down. So uh, depending on how this goes, uh, who knows? I might end up being knocked back up to a D8, which I guess is better than it being a D10. So well, if only I'd rolled that last one. I think I accidentally hit it one more and it gave me a six. But as it stands right now, my two highest rolls are two fives. Any, any ones, L? Nada. Okay, so you have uh, two fives is ten. You have raised the stakes. Uh, so uh, this guard uh, eyes you for a moment as suspiciously, but also like, help me out. And uh, he doesn't say as much. He just gets his uh, nice stick uh, out and he begins to approach Poke. And as he takes a stride past you, boom, again with the hunting rifle, striking him against the uh, back of the head and knocking him out. Uh, he falls like a very heavy tree, very nearly on top of his uh, partner there, and all the clones are kind of gawking from the trailer, but they're otherwise all obediently just sitting still in the truck. Poke, uh, the situation has calmed down uh, for a moment, and Lily um, manages to tear her eyes away from you, and she... Uh, she addresses Dorothy. All right, um, I think one of these guys might have the key. And she's like begins to check the uniform officers that you just uh, knocked out. Uh, because this is apparently a future where we still have uh, push to start and still have need of fobs and stuff. I, I step between, as, as much as I can, between Lily and Dorothy. And I'm, I kind of like, Lily, get, get back. Get back. Hey, you can't tell her what to do, yo. Nesmeris, uh, who you only know of, if you recall correctly, you only know Maris, uh, of Maris being like uh, just basically a teenage rebel rouser, uh, but never anything too serious. But I know his name, right? Yeah, you know his name. Maris, shut the hell up for a second. I look at Dorothy and go, who the hell are you? That's a little bit complicated, but um, simplest, shortest answer I can give you is... Uh... I'm the old fart who just saved your ass. It's not important right now. What are, what are you doing with, with, with Lily? Why are you here? Why are you wearing a policeman's outfit? Why do you have Maris? What, what is going wrong on? Wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, Lily does try to interject here. She tries to put herself between the two of you and says, Poke, it's okay, it's okay. She she saved my ass. It's fine. Does Bao know where you are? Well, no, but I, I, I tried to text him, but there's no service. Look, we, we, we need to get... You back to him, and you and him safe. This whole area isn't safe right now. Something's happening here that I, I don't know what's going on. They're rounding up clones. They're c causing riots. They're people from that I've never even seen before. We can't be here anymore. How, we, you and I need to get out of here. You better mark us down for the two uh, for for getting the hell out of here as well. But I, I don't know you. I've never met you before. Where, where are you from? Uh, well, I'm from Kansas, but I work here. Uh, I've worked actually just outside of here. My farm's um. She said you were in the kelp business, so maybe you didn't know it, but um, I, I used to have the largest corn and wheat farm on the planet. Uh, bad storm uh, just about a week or so ago pretty much took care of that. So, uh, yeah, I'm here. This is sort of my life now. So you were one of the original colonizers? I, I guess. Dorothy Sanger, nice to meet you. Polk, nice to meet you too. So Sanger, as in the Sangers. Well, it's not really Sangers anymore. It's just Sanger now. Daddy passed away about a month ago. Right, right. I remember reading about that. Anyways, so if we're going to get somewhere, we need to get somewhere quick. If Lily vouches for you that I'm okay with you for temporarily, but you realize that my only purpose here is to get her back to her grandfather, just as long as you keep that in mind. I'm not going back. What do you mean you're not going back? This whole place isn't safe anymore, Lily. We, we need to figure out what's going on, but not from here. I think he's right. I mean, really, we got to, you know, obviously we've got to figure out, you know, what the next steps are. But I mean, immediately the next steps are definitely anywhere but here. I say we we just take this truck and drive it as far as it'll take us. 
I mean, obviously, I was planning on going to Stepping Stone myself, but really anywhere outside of the immediate vicinity, I think, right now, would probably do us the best. Okay. But we have to get these clones somewhere with us as well. We can't just leave them here. As you're saying that, like, uh, Handsome John, the one that you were tussling with, being helped back onto the uh, truck, ever so obedient, the uh, clones remain in the back of the trailer here, despite the wide-open door. All right, Dorothy. These clones are not leaving this container. Somehow they're programmed or brainwashed or just obedient enough to not disobey the order to be in this container. This container is taking them somewhere dangerous, somewhere that they shouldn't be. If we can't get them out of this container, we're going to have to drive this container somewhere ourselves. I mean, that was my plan already. I mean, I don't really know where they, uh, you know, what what the plan was, but I mean, uh, let me just tell you, uh, I have a good enough reason to have a unhealthy, uh, or rather I should say a healthy skepticism of uh, any plans for rounding people up and taking them out into the night. So, uh, do you have any ideas as to where to go next? I, I do. I have a few I have a few thoughts, but we, I'll tell you on the road. Can, can, can you drive better than I can? Or want me to drive? Son, I've been on a farm for like the last 40 or 50 years. I mean, uh, I pretty much know weed and I know shootings. Well, I've been in a restaurant for about a couple decades, so anyways, Lily, you drive? Didn't you get arrested for, I don't know, some kind of uh, joyride or something like that? Maris tries to play himself off as suave, but Lily immediately chimes in. Yeah, he got arrested because he can't drive worth a damn. Come on, I found, here, I found the fob, and she, like, plucks the uh, fob from the uh, guy's inner, like, jacket pocket, and says, Bal taught me how to maneuver some of the, uh company truck when we still had that remember that a couple years ago before you uh gave right. it off to some other amy fonds of course anyways lily you're driving dorothy you and me in the cab maris you're in the back with the clones just keep them company keep them from doing anything stupid no offense john yeah, none taken i uh i've never actually had the opportunity to meet too many clones are they all this kind of you know simple yeah let's keep it let's just say that Anyways, we're wasting time here. You, you, let's get in the cabin. Let's, let's get out of here. I, I know where we can go. Interesting. Uh, we're going to... I think we're just going to smash cut to you guys in the truck heading to where Poke hopes to go. So remind me again. So Lily is driving. You said Maris is also in the cabin. Um, it is like a big like uh, cabin where two of you can also sit in like the back seats if you like um, i'm not sure if you wanted to share a ride with the clones in the back trailer there i i wouldn't mind spending time in the back i mean you know like i said i've never really met clones before so uh, sure I, i'll volunteer be back there just kind of uh, get to know get to know the people whose lives i've just saved poke where, where would you like to be in this situation while lily's driving all so I'm, I'm i'm up front with her because I need, I need to tell her where to okay. go did you already have a place in mind? My understanding of how the kind of the transportation, I forget how we described it before, but kind of our conveyances between settlements and cities that the few kind of run. My my, my thought on those is that they they are thoroughfares that are they're more a little more rugged, and therefore typically only used by uh, these kind of few transportation vehicles. So like I, what I want to do is is kind of using my knowledge of those kind of uh, uh, ad hoc roadways get us onto one of the fuse kind of roadways and, and out of town maybe a couple of kilometers or something like that and what i'm going to hope to do is actually see if there's any way to kind of communicate with with that network of of transportation vehicles either through the any kind of like you know the the equivalent of like a ham radio in the truck or something else or my own but basically i'm, I'm trying to use my knowledge of those roadways to get us somewhere where we're kind of off the beaten path Let's go ahead and uh, let's have you do a roll for this to just coordinate this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely tapping your Amy Fon's uh, signature asset since that rep represents basically this, right? Um, we're also going to tap your mental. Uh, we're going to tap uh, no, your skill. Um, and yeah, I think also your devout of the few um, distinction I would say is relevant here. Uh, keep in mind there is a mm -hmm. trigger there that that you can tap if you'd like to get a plot point. Yeah, I was, I was absolutely going to do that. So if, if I'm already I'm really rolling a D8 for Mental, a D8 for Amy Fawns, I'll do a D4 for Defat of the Few to take the plot point. Uh, and what, what, what was, there was one last one in there, right? Uh, your skill. Yeah, oh, no. no. Yeah. Um, actually, move would be relevant. I mean, they're both the same. 
uh, no or move. Before you roll that, oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go ahead and set the stakes, uh, and I am going to be rolling that uh, suspicion um, complication against you uh, for reasons that may become clear uh, depending on how this roll goes. Uh, I have a nine, and actually, I get to start with plot points equal to however many players there are. Uh, so I'm going to spend mm -hmm. a plot point to keep that three that I also rolled um, totaling to 12. Ah, okay. So my six and a five top dice did not meet that. So I'm at a uh, 11, too short. Okay. Um, you're at a 11, too short. Uh, did you want to spend a plot point to take on another die? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a plot point, which I just gained anyways, to keep my three. So I'm going to end up with a, a 14. Okay, perfect. You raised the stakes. So I think what happens here is right before uh, you... there There is a ham radio equivalent, right? Future ham radio uh, in this uh, semi-truck cabin uh, that you reach for because it's on that front console to uh, begin tuning to the Fuse like radio network. But right before you do that... Uh, there is a voice that crackles over the ham radio, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about how Dorothy maybe handles this because it's going to crackle on Dorothy's uh, shoulder radio, too, as part of her uh, police radio. But the voice crackles over both y'all's radios and says, uh, Charlie team, uh, this is Top Cloud. You seem to be going off course, uh, and you are about a good 20 minutes uh, late for check-in. What's uh, what's going on over there? What's the hold-up? Over. And uh, Poke, you don't have to deal with that if you don't want to. Uh, you can begin like working with the few, uh, but you definitely have it mapped out in your head how you want to do this. And I think you were wanting to like alert like your fellow de uh, devotees like uh, that you're coming down the path. So yeah, you you uh, turn over and you begin coordinating uh, through the few radio network. Meanwhile, we cut to the back of the trailer and we have Dorothy mingling with the clones that she's never gotten to meet because she's well, she's uh, she's a farmer that doesn't come to the big city uh, too often. Dorothy, um, just to reiterate here, the clone workforce just in general, um, even just outside the mall. Clones basically pervade society in the sense that they are, they do the jobs that quote unquote real people don't want to do. So they are like your fast food industry personnel. They are your factory workers. They are essentially there to bolster the small population of this colony. So that way the real people quote unquote can get real jobs like becoming uh, the people designing rockets or designing the next generation ship to get colonists off the planet etc so a lot of them are quiet in the back of this cabin i think this is probably like 10 minutes after your confrontation at the mall and basically pitch dark in this trailer uh, when your shoulder radio crackles to life with what i had just discussed with poke uh, basically uh, their top cloud quote unquote is calling some sort of charlie team about Charlie team being off course, you reckon they're probably talking about you. Uh, what do you do, Dorothy, if anything? All right, everybody, quiet now, quiet now. Yes, it's been great learning all of your names, all of your job titles, repetitive as they may be. Uh, let, me, let me handle this. Uh, yes, roger that. 10-4, um, we seem to be having difficulty with our navigation systems here. Um, I think the transponder is giving you some incorrect telemetry data over the system. We've been having some similar issues with our navigation on this end, but we are, in fact, on route. Uh, however, I think there might have been some issues, uh, you know, I think maybe we suffered some vandalism or something prior to, to leaving. Uh, some of the local uh, color giving us uh, some trouble, of course, of parting gift before we left. Uh, over. Right, uh, there is a pregnant pause, and we're going to actually have you roll uh, your social plus trick and authority, um, and I'm going to be rolling your suspicion die against you. Right, uh, I have rolled a total of 13. Good God. Yeah, basically almost maxed out on all the dice. I maxed out on both my d6s, and I got a 7 on my d8. If I wanted to be really hard, so I would spend my last plot point to uh, 
add that other six, but I'm not going to. So I've rolled a 13 to set the stakes, and I'm going to need you to try to beat it, bud. That's a five, a one, and a two. Uh, so a total of seven. That does not, uh, that does not raise the stakes, unfortunately, and you potentially get a complication, but I'm not going to, um... Actually, I am going to pay you a plot point and step that suspicion back up to a D8. I think the reply that comes after a slightly pregnant pause is uh, the Top Cloud, whoever they are, they say, Charlie team, this is Top Cloud. Uh, Roger that. Uh, No worries. We will have a patrol uh, rendezvous uh, with you and try to get you to course correct. Over. With that said, Dorothy, what do you do? Uh, do I have a line of communication with the cab? Uh, yeah, we can say that. I would say you could probably just communicate with the ham radio. I think maybe... Actually, I don't think Poke would probably share the fuse, like, um, radio frequency with you. So I, I don't suppose you do. Uh, I think the best you can do is maybe knock at the front of the trailer, and uh, they'll be able to hear you. You just won't be able to ta- uh, yell loud enough for them to hear what you're actually saying. Um, okay, well, I'm going to do my best and just try and yell, Hey, uh, we got trouble. They're on to us. Meanwhile, in the front of the cabin, Poke, can you describe, like, the kind of route that you're taking? Are you, Were you trying to take these, uh, you're trying to get out of West Sands, right? And into perhaps the, uh, what's called the fringes, uh, which is an all-capsulating term for anything outside the city, to be honest. But, yeah. uh, it mostly refers to the like forestry that's set between West Sands and Stepping Stone, which is the only other Stepping Stone being the only other big city here on Janus. So essentially what 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 my goal is at this point, kind of based on, you know, my religion is that I like I, I want to get these clones to a place where they are out of harm's way. And so my best bet for that is to meet up with one of these transport vehicles and basically just get them on another vehicle going somewhere else. The idea being that maybe I could, what I'm hoping is that my, my fellow few members can then kind of spear them away unbeknownst to the, their kidnappers uh, and kind of, you know, find basically, basically hand them off and then, and then, and then I, then I'll deal with whatever I have to deal with. But that's, that's my first priority besides kind of keeping Lily safe as well. But I think they work hand in hand. So I'm, I'm just trying to coordinate with the few in the fringes, a kind of a, a discreet meetup with one of these transports. Okay. I think uh, what happens here is uh, you manage to coordinate like a rendezvous point with your contact. And as it turns out, you're really only a couple minutes away from such location. Uh, and so you begin to direct Liliana through the streets when uh, you can hear a uh, banging and someone's muffled cries in that back trailer there, which is obviously Dorothy trying to call your attention. Uh, you do really only have like 60 seconds before you meet your contact, but I mean, what do you do? Knowing how close we are, I kind of bang back and just and just yell. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't I don't even yell because having heard the muffled, you know, not unintelligible speech, I, I know he can't hear me either. So I, I just kind of bang back and keep driving. A moment later, Dorothy. Well, not a moment later. A minute later, after you've been trying to like get the front cabin's attention, feel the trailer roll to a stop the door opens about 20 seconds later to the uh, trailer poke what kind of uh, what's this rendezvous staging area look like so just re- remind me what the, kind of the general climate of the of the fringes is like outside of west sands uh so west sands is like situated on the edge of a desert um not too mm-hmm. far away from like forest land as far as you're concerned, uh, the ones that are closer to the cities, they tend to be very humid, but mm-hmm. it is a very like colorful forestry. A lot of blues yeah. and oranges uh, and alien fauna and uh, flora. Okay. All right. So what I'd like to imagine is that you know we were able to meet up with this transport more in kind of like a scrubland between you know the, the true fringes and, and the West Sands kind of general climate. So it's kind of like almost like a few bluffs here, some overhangs, you know, some some light topography, but not quite as heavily forested maybe as the fringes. So I've, I've managed to kind of track down one of these trans or, or rendezvous with a transport in you know kind of some more rugged roadway and in, in these kind of scrublands. So it's it's not it's not like heavily forested and covered, but it's at least a little bit topogra- topographically 
challenging enough to, to not have like clear line of sights for miles and i think like you're probably talking to your contact as mm-hmm. he's like opening the back of the trailer he is this squat tawny skinned man uh who goes by a name of zach and uh zach is has been the few uh just a few years shy of you and he's been uh running like this uh this part this leg of the network for a long while now funny to see you here i don't think i've seen you in oh probably about a year or two how's it been how the heck are you it's been a few strange days zach i gotta tell you and as you say that the uh, trailer door is finally open and dorothy you finally have a direct communication line with poke what do you say or do they were uh, trying to figure out why it is we're so off course. I tried to tell them, you know, we had maybe some issues with the computer or something, but uh, I don't think they bought it. They're sending reinforcements along our route to see if you know, we're going to rendezvous with them. I'm pretty sure How if we don't you... make that rendezvous, uh, they're going to know something is up. How soon do you think? Hard to say. Let me talk to the clones real quick. Zach, we've got a few pilgrims. we gotta we got to find a way to get out of this general vicinity. I can't really answer the questions right now, but you got to trust me on this one. This is This is a serious matter. Let me talk to these guys real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah, Zach is definitely confused by the sudden appearance of a police officer. And uh, he just kind of takes your word for it. Um, and he, I mean, he has like checklists of things he, he, he needs to be doing to move these pilgrims, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. he, he leaves you to it. Um, so uh, you you say you wanted to address the clones? Yeah, and I'd say, I, I kind of turn to Dorothy and like, Dorothy, do you want to generally fill in Zach on our situation? Don't be too specific. And I go back to talk to the clones. So, Dorothy, uh, I, th- I suppose you're filling Zach in on the uh, conversation. Poe, what exactly, what exactly are you trying to talk to these clones about? Are you trying to just convince them that uh, they need to go through this network with you to leave the trailer? or No, so what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to convince these guys. Well, I'll, I'll just do this. I'll, let me just, I'll, just, I'll just talk to them. So, John, other John. Third John, the rest of you, slight change of plans. New orders came in. We got you out this far. We've got a slight malfunction with our truck here. We've got to put you on a different transport to where we're going to our next place. So I need you guys to get out of the container and in this even smaller transport, more like the current your current uh, abode. So probably more familiar to you, right? Yeah, there's a murmur of agreement. They're like, yeah, it's, getting, it's too big, too big. And uh, I know, they, it's too much space. They begin to, uh, a lot of the clones begin to slowly and very orderly like file out uh, they are definitely not moving with any sense of hurry uh and like well it's getting we really gotta get this transport quickly here we're also running we're running on fumes here in the other truck we just got just kind of fuel to make it there so the faster we in the truck the faster we get to our next next destination can you make a nose check for me please you're going to be rolling your physical plus uh notice um i for troubles not slightly not relevant for this uh, particular okay. role so it's just going to be physical notice and probably roll your devout of the few uh, okay. i'm going to go ahead and set your stake uh stakes have been set to 10. well managed to crush this one i got it out of my two d8s netted out to me uh, a uh, 15. An eight and a seven, and no ones at all. So, good, good job, good job, Google. <laughs> yeah, you've gotten a uh, a big damn hero die. Then you get a big damn hero dice. It's going to be a d six. And poke. What you notice is very distantly. You, you you can almost not hear it because of the surrounding wildlife here in this like little enclave you have here in the fringes. But you can hear sirens in the distance. Well, shit. This is this is not good. Dorothy, this is not good. Even if we get these guys on this transport, these guys are going to pull us up. We're going to pull... I don't know. I'm out of ideas, Dorothy. You got anything? All I've got is my head and my gun. I cocked my rifle. No, no. We can't kill anybody, Dorothy. We can't kill anybody. we got to figure something else out. Lily, any ideas? Well, what about our distraction? Can you go range a distraction? I like to think I've done a pretty good job so far. Just like the job you got getting those guys off our ass? Listen, pal, maybe you'd prefer to stay, you know, in that transport locked in the back uh, and then be beaten to death by a couple of local yokels in cop uniforms. I'm not detecting a whole lot of gratitude from your voice. Well, so far, I think I would have handled it better myself without you being there. I'm just going to put that all on front street right now, Dorothy, but I really appreciate your help right now creating some kind of distraction. Thank you. I am again at a loss. As the two of you are arguing about this, the less of clones have already hopped off the trailer here. But they're still, like, only slowly loading into the uh, new transport that Zack is trying to usher them through. That said, the semi-truck 
uh, begins to move. And you realize that Lily and Maris are still in that cabin of the uh, semi-truck. What do you do? So Maris has gone to the front? He's gone into the, the cab? Yeah. I, I run I run to the, the, the driver's side. If I try to keep pace with it and ask, you know, like, Lily, where are you going? Oh, once you actually do a physical plus move for me, please. Yeah, sure. Oh, set <laughs> the stakes are very low. Uh, three, and there's an opportunity here. Okay, I've got a seven, a four, and a three. Yeah, I have a three and a one. So if you want to buy that, buy that opportunity, you're more than welcome to. But in any case, uh, you say you rolled a seven. Yeah. So yeah, you are now running alongside the semi. Uh, lucky you, the semi is not very. Uh, I mean, it can it can get up there in speed, but it's slow to get to that speed. But it's like speeding along as you're running alongside the uh, cabin and keeping pace for the moment. Lily is kind enough to roll down the window um, as she's keeping her eyes on the road. She's very clearly heading in the opposite direction of the sirens. Yeah, uh, so Maris and I have some other ideas. Um, I will text you as soon as services come back up. Okay, bye. And she begins to roll up that window. Uh, what do you do? I just, I stop running. I, I'm not gonna chase up this truck. I, I kind of, I, I stop in the middle and they kind of have this, you know, my shoulders drop. I watch the truck drive away and then look back at our, you know, hear the sirens getting closer and closer and then look back at Dorothy and our, you know, less than urgent clones and just, the weight of the whole day just starts to kind of really wash over me. 